volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season six of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based here in Boulder, Colorado, where we help organizations create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. As you may know, this season is all about creating healthy and aligned teams at the top, executive teams, senior leadership teams, and extended leadership teams. And if there's been one story in 2023 that's really stood out, it's been the story of generative AI and tools like chat GPT. I think it's a very, very interesting time to be a leader today and to be at the forefront of what inevitably will be massive change for our work and our world. So today's focus is on artificial intelligence, but as the conversation turned out, it's also a very human story. My guest today is Alex Goryachev. Alex is a globally recognized technology operations executive. He's an expert in advancing innovation culture and monetizing new technology. And he's also the Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Fearless Innovation. And in his book, Fearless Innovation, he looks at innovation from a business strategy, cultural, societal, and organizational standpoint. And the book walks through clear principles and replicable steps that you can take, transform your organization, and deliver meaningful and measurable ROI in your investment. Alex has over 20 years of industry experience commercializing emerging technologies from AI to IoT and others, turning disruptive concepts into ecosystem-centric business operating models. This is a terrific interview. Let's go out to the interview with Alex now. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, Sal. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. And I'm excited about this topic. We've heard so much about generative AI, especially in the last six mm -hmm. months. And mm -hmm. it's certainly been the buzz in just about every industry. I'd love to hear from you, maybe starting at a high level. What do you see the impact of AI to society and public policy changes, things like that? You know, when I think about AI, I see that it's as major of a transformation as the internet or as electricity. I think it's going to change a lot. I mean, it's going to change a lot for my generation. But when I look at my kids that are nearly one is nine, another one is five, I think it will profoundly shape their life. I think AI will force us to change the way we operate, both at home and in the workplace. So again, massive transformation. It's pretty exciting and pretty scary at the same time. It's interesting. I can remember, I mean, maybe I'm dating myself here, but I can remember a time in the workplace when everybody did not have email. And so I'm imagining 
that this is major, like that type of transformation, internet, email, laptops, just completely changes how we do our work. Absolutely. And I think AI is right in that category. It's going to be as transformational Mm -hmm. as moving from paper to email. Tell us more about how you see it impacting maybe business in terms of like organizational structure, business in general. What's it going to impact and who will it impact first? When I think about AI, I think it's, first of all, it's a productivity tool and there could be a lot of efficiency and productivity gains by using it. What I'm excited about the most is actually the ability of AI to unlock the knowledge. When we think about our organizations, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know, but we don't share, and we frankly don't know how to share, and we have no instruments to share. And I think AI provides us with that opportunity. And so say more about the unlocking of the knowledge. How do you see that happening, that in, well, in maybe in ways it's not happening today? I think generally when we look at the organizations is they're siloed and the more silos there are, the more power a particular organization holds. I mean, the typical kind of human behavior dynamics. And I think AI will break those walls whenever Mm -hmm. we want that or not. Mm. And it will democratize a lot of data when we think about project documentation or meeting notes or just information that's in our heads or somewhere that's departmentally stored, that can be accessible to all. And we would be able to build on some previous solutions or failures and extract valuable knowledge for that. In our planning call a few weeks ago, we talked about bureaucracy in organizational structure. Talk more about how AI has the ability to break down some of that bureaucracy. I remember I once was working in an organization where a new chief financial officer was able to kind of go to the database and ask for all the financial questions herself, instead of asking a lot of people to prepare the data. Mm. And a lot of folks that I know were pretty scared. That changes the dynamic. And when we think about the bureaucracy dynamic, the bureaucracy primarily thrives and stays in place because they pass information from point A to point B. And with AI, if you think about ChatGPT or similar tools right. within the organization, those levels are no longer necessary because anyone at any level can ask for information of a certain type and quantity, whenever that's a short answer or a long yeah. answer, and get it, assuming the information is correct. There has to be that verification piece, but anyone at any level, meaning the endless reporting that people spend so much time in, potentially that breaks down giving people access to to data easier, more efficiently, faster, et cetera. Right. And that could be a source data or that could be an uh, analysis, but there no longer has to be a need to go 10 layers down to ask a simple question. Mm -hmm. You can ask a system that question and that system will provide an answer. Whenever that answer is good or wrong, is questionable, but I'll question the value of the bureaucracy and whenever their answers are good or wrong. How do executives and leaders at the top need to be thinking today about AI? Well, I think they need to be early adopters, to be honest. So like if you were to ask me how should they be thinking about email 10 years ago or 20, I'd say start using it. So my suggestion is start using it. For example, this weekend or yesterday, July 4th, I was cooking a lot of stuff. And I said, you know, I'm no longer going to Google all the recipes. I'm going to ask ChatGPT. And it turned out to be pretty good. Hmm. And I feel 
the more we start using a particular tool in our everyday life, whenever that's in running our households or planning an next vacation, whatever those simple tasks, the more understanding we will have of strengths and weaknesses. Yes. So I suggest uh, to all of the executives respectively that respectfully they should learn to walk before they run. Mm. And before they start messing with AI in the workplace, if they haven't used it, I suggest they start using it for running over their household and see where that takes them. It's a great suggestion. The first time I used it, we did some mm -hmm. research for a spring break trip okay. and plugged some questions into uh -huh. ChatGPT and got some pretty good answers at least. And it gave me a starting point for right. the research that then happened. So you're saying, hey, look, just start using it in your life. Take some small steps, get a sense of how it could operate, what the possibilities could be. Yes. And I think in the more serious, not from an organizational perspective, I'd really look at kind of three buckets. Mm -hmm. I think bucket number one is making sure that there's skills and capabilities that are developed within the organization, generally on how to use the AI tools. The second one would lead to policy. I feel it's essential that there's some guardrails in place for using the AI whenever that's data confidentiality or making sure that there's a proper disclosure if that information is fed to customers, or frankly, that organization is aware where AI can and can't be used, or if it can't be used at all. So the second bucket is policy. And I think the third one is thinking about what kind of information can be fed to AI. I think a lot of the AI work will lead to gathering more data and storing that data differently so that it can be unlocked. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of strong collaboration with IT on that topic as mm. well. So again, to recap, skills, policy, and then data foundation structure. Tell me about some of the skills. Like as I think about myself or anyone else, as we know we're transitioning to this new technology, what are some of the skills that we should be thinking about developing in our organizations? Well, I think really it goes back to, I'd say two core skills. I think the first one is communication. I see a lot of organizations that are spending money on developing of some technical skills that perhaps would be obsolete in a decade or maybe a few months. I feel the beauty with AI and particular version that we're looking at right now is it understands human language. Yeah. And the better we communicate to AI, the better it communicates back to us, yeah. right? So I feel the first one is about generally communication and asking the right questions. And I think the second one is about generally writing programs that will enable employees and leaders to stay current with technology. When you look at kids, they don't have to catch up with technology. Yeah, right. Because they're paying attention. And I feel in the organizations, you know, many of us are forced to catch up because we're not paying attention. So a year ago, we wouldn't be talking about AI. We'd say AI what? Who knows what we'll be talking a year forward from today. Mm. And staying current with whatever transitions are, I feel is essential for the organizational survival and, and culture. Communication, nice. staying current. So thank you. That's really helpful. It is interesting because the communication piece will become so critical, not just in using the technology, but I imagine in all of the disruption and the change that will happen as a result of the technology the communication aspect from executives and executive teams will be absolutely critical to aligning a business. This goes back to change management. I think a lot of people are scared about AI, rightfully so. There's a lot of job insecurity. There's a lot of faulty data. There's a lot of governance problems. I mean, everywhere you look, AI has opportunities and AI has a lot of problems. And when we think about 
communicating back to the workforce or to peers about what are the guardrails, what are the opportunities. I think that's essential that it's approached very diligently and thoughtfully because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people that are worried about this and right. rightfully so. So if I'm on an executive team right now mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about those guardrails or maybe the ethical considerations, mm -hmm. what are some things that we should be thinking about? I think the number one question that I would ask is, are we using AI today? And within ethical consideration of employee privacy and existing company policies, I suggest working with IT team or mm -hmm. network security team to understand what percentage of network traffic goes to ChatGPT or other AI mm. tools. I think what most of the executives will find out is that AI is already heavily embedded in their or in their existing processes because mm -hmm. employees don't wait, right? They want to do things faster and better right? so that they can either do more or shift to other topics, whatever those are. And it's essential as step number one is that they understand what the level of existing engagement or exposure is, and then starting from there and understanding where AI is being used today and what the impact it has on the business already. People are individually going to be an earlier adopter than in organization as a whole, for sure. We are all innovators. We all break policies and we make them too. But I think right. when we know that we can do things better and faster at work, we will. Mm -hmm. And um, once we know where we stand with adoption of that particular technology, prohibiting is is just, I don't think it's possible. People will start using their own devices to go and, and do that. So setting in policies and rewarding good behavior is what's important as step number two. Talk a bit about the human and AI collaboration. We read a lot about jobs that are going away or changing. What's the opportunity here, the potential for humans and AI to work together in a collaborative manner? I think the AI is a tool. It's one of many tools. It's just a better tool that we've seen before. But we have to remember that it's out whatever data that we put into it. So yeah. there's this old expression in the internet age, which is garbage in, garbage out. And when we look at general knowledge of the internet, let's just say it's questionable or it has pros and cons and contradictory data. So we'll see if we play with AI, we'll see it contradict itself and make a lot of mistakes. So I feel AI is a tool that allows us to kind of get more creative, frankly speaking. Yes. It gives us ideas that we can implement mm -hmm. rather than finished final product. So in your best-selling book, Fearless Innovation, you talk about where innovation comes from. Speak a little bit about that. Going back to that number one most important skill is communication, right? Mm -hmm. Innovation comes from people coming together. Invention might come from a lonely player and that might end up on a patent, but I think it's important to remember that 98% of the patents are not commercialized. Mm -hmm. It's only 2% that are bringing in value. Uh, but when we think innovation and people coming in together from different backgrounds, with different perspectives, with different upbringing, looking at a problem differently, or frankly, formulating the problem differently, they can come up with brilliant solutions. And when you add AI there to help them collaborate, take notes, exchange data, bring in more players into this conversation and give more ideas, I think that's where it, more innovation is going to come from. Mm -hmm. Innovation is a work of teams. Innovation is a work of teams. I love that. It's very human-centric orientation. Uh, it is. And personally, I find that most of the innovation happens in the process from grocery delivery to Uber 
I mean, essentially, there is nothing, if you look at individual components, there's nothing new there. And there is a better process. So most of the innovation happens not in technology, but in the process. And people that know the process well, and they know the pain points, and they live and breathe it respectfully, they don't necessarily sit in a boardroom or a corner office. These are the folks that are doing and going through that process every day, mm -hmm. be that employees or customers, and asking them and giving them opportunity to streamline and change and better that process, or frankly, just kill it because it's useless, perhaps, is what's going to invite more innovation in the workplace. It's far more easier in an organization and far more rewarding to save a million dollars versus make a million dollars. And there's plenty of opportunities to mm. do that. Alex, I know you're passionate about both sort of the technology side of this work, as well as employee engagement. And you've done quite a bit of work around best places to work rankings. It feels like we're in a transition period. We're getting ready for something big to happen. Talk about the cultural elements that executives and leaders need to be thinking about in order to be ready to for this technology and to foster innovation. I'm going to go back and say this word, which is called teamwork. I worked for large companies, quite a few of them, and I worked for a number of startups. And what I've noticed is startup is a team sport and a corporation becomes a political process, right? So I'm passionate about catching that point of transition and making sure that instead of translating into bureaucracy and political process, success stays at a teamwork level. So again, I'm going to go back to communication and building bridges, not walls. And what's so exciting about AI is with AI, you can only build bridges. Yes, you need to build walls to protect your company's data. And I feel that's very essential. And at the same time, AI gives that opportunity to share the data across the organization and democratize that data. And that can create conflict, and it will. And at the same time, it will create teamwork. I think we all know that sometimes path to stronger teams is by resolving that conflict. I'm struck that this is a conversation about technology, but it's not really. It's really a conversation about, I don't like using the term soft skills, because I think there it's anything but soft, but the skills about communication, relationship building, productive conflict, all of these skills are even more critical for the future. That's part of what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. Technology is just a tool. And when we think about email, I mean, we can talk about how email works or is cloud really in the sky or underwater in fiber mm. optic cables. But it's <laughs> more important is how do we come across in that email? Yeah. How do we communicate? Do we send the mail at six o'clock in the morning on Saturday or not? Right. And I feel those are important skills. And actually, with AI, what's going to increase is, frankly, is just the frequency and the amount of communication. And we're already oversaturated with information and data. So being focused and precise in communication is essential. And you talked about collaborating with AI or using AI for collaboration. That's where the teamwork comes from. As we're in this, again, I kind of refer to it as a transition period. What's the mindset? for individuals. So we talked a bit about culture, organizations, but for any given individual, what's your sense of where their mindset should be right now? I think their mindset should be like that we're in transitional period and 
that transitional period will never end. Yeah, that's the a great point. Yeah. When we talk about digital transformation, right? Yeah. A lot of organizations said we want to go and do digital transformation. The only state of digital transformation is perpetual. If we look back in the last 20 years of the internet, we've been transforming every day from pagers to phones to smartphones from we could go on and on and on. And frankly speaking, that goes back to soft skills again. It's our ability to have an open and curious mind and welcome everything and assume nothing. Yeah, and be open to new technology, new ideas and, and using that technology in a wise and mature way. It's a very good point. The change is constant. It, there's no arrival at a new normal or at a, a solitary state. I think that's part of the mindset here that I'm hearing as well, which is the only state is perpetual, ongoing, and we have to keep that open mind and curiosity constantly. Correct. And the more we embed technology in our workplace, uh, I think the more we have to do this. And at the same time, the flip side of this, there's a lot of wellness programs in the workplace, mindfulness and, and ability mm -hmm. to disconnect. Yeah. I think when we consume technology or when we bring technology, we usually think we'll spend less time. But as humans, somehow we have less and less time for ourselves the right. more technology we bring into our lives. Yes. And I feel it's essential that kind of that balancing act and learning to disconnect from technology mm. and disconnecting from artificial intelligence and dropping into our body and just being and living is an essential component that's going to be even more important. And I know there's all sorts of ways to do that. For me, personally, I love to gravel bike. I love to climb. I love to camp. Just basically disconnect from... Right that technology and get into the physical world itself, the outdoors. That's what's keeping us alive at the end of the day. You talked earlier about this idea of perpetual state change. What's your best advice for executive teams in terms of how they can lead an organization through change? What are some real tangible things for them to consider when helping others navigate change? I think the number one suggestion is ensuring that they have an open mind and they go back and ask that question to their employees. There's this executive mindset I've seen quite often where there's a feeling that kind of they have the answer or they know. And when I look back at the best places to work studies, the companies that are considered to be the best places to work are the ones that listen to employees mm -hmm. and provide more opportunities for employees to shape strategy and you know behavior and the processes and products. So my number one advice is instead of coming up with the end state, what is going to be a year from today, I suggest going back to the employee population and asking them about what can the company do to make today and tomorrow better. And they'll see a lot of processes that can be improved, that can generate mm. money yep. and generate well-being that will change the future in a much more positive way. I mean, it meets so many of the human needs that people have from being connected to finding safety, to feeling like their contributions matter, that they have a voice. You mentioned the best places to work study again. What else have you found in some of the research and studying that you've done there? Again, I go back to the teamwork. When people like to work in the places where they feel that they belong, mm -hmm. and when they feel that they belong is typically where they feel listened to, 
they have a voice and they feel that their opinion matters. Aside from foundational elements like benefits and compensation, these are most important things for employees. And giving employees voice and acting on that in those transformation initiatives is what's essential. Because when we think about ourselves it's and, and look back at our lives, it's the present moment that informs the future. And in many organizations, we're so focused on the future that we forget about the present. So if we can just shift the optics a bit and focus on the present, the future will be much more better. Alex, thank you very much. This has been super insightful. Let me see if I can summarize some of uh, the key points from our conversation today. Number one, AI, it's as major of a transformation as the internet and energy, if you will. Number two, its impact to business is really, it's a productivity tool. It has the ability to unlock knowledge, which then can help us break down silos and democratize data. Anyone can get access to data. You no longer have to wait to go 10 layers down to get a simple mm -hmm. question answered. That makes sense so far? I think that makes absolutely total sense. And that's what's so exciting about it. I just want to say the data has to be relatively correct, right? Mm. Or yeah. appropriate, right? So we shouldn't trust chat GPT right now to solve all of our problems. Great point. So there's, in terms of like overcoming a challenge, what goes in also is the quality of what comes out. In terms of early adopters, executives need to be early adopters. Just do that by starting to use it in your everyday life. We talked about three buckets in terms of things to be thinking about. Number one, the skills and capabilities that are developed in the organization. Number two, the policy and the guardrails. And then number three, to your point you just mentioned, the data that gets fed into AI. In terms of the key skills, communication, communication, communication. That's going to be critical from so many standpoints. Number one, asking the right questions of the technology, but also in terms of rolling out change and helping organizations navigate change. And then number two, we have to run programs to enable people to stay current with technology. And then in terms of guardrails, you talked about, we have to, first of all, determine what's the current level of exposure today? How heavily embedded is AI in our organizations? Employees don't wait. They're moving probably faster than we are. And in terms of innovation, well, innovation comes from people coming together. And AI in some ways is an acceleration of that. It can help us collaborate, exchange data, get more ideas, but the innovation comes from people. Teamwork will be a critical component, even more so in our future. And then finally, the mindset of we are always in this state of perpetual change. We have to continually be open, remain curious, and welcome everything and assume nothing. What did I miss? Any other key points? No, this is a beautiful summary. I was listening. As you know, half of the communication is listening, and that's a beautiful summary. Thank you. Alex, thanks so much for being on the show and appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Sal. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out. <laughs>